0: here again. If you were here last Sunday, you might remember that um, I came up briefly and there was a preacher over here and a preacher over here. Well, um, I got it all to myself this week. I managed to uh, send one back to America and the other one, I've sent him down the back. And so uh, I have this, um, this pulpit to preach to you and I'm really glad I do. Thank you for this. Uh, We've had a good week with you and um, met with the elders and the staff and many of you individually uh, and just enjoy the fellowship that's here. I've said before, when we come through, we feel made welcome and looking forward to the banquet tonight. And uh, I believe it's going to be great Chinese food. So we look forward to that. I want to talk to you about uh, those in the dark seeing a great light Uh, we read the scriptures together and the verses that you know mostly are those that say unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government will be upon his shoulder he'll be called the and he's got the names there and we know that as verses that we read at christmas but you know i have to tell you when uh, the prophet isaiah wrote that he did not have us in mind at christmas he was speaking of something greater And it would be good for a moment, I think, just to go back and see these verses in the context of what was happening in those days when it was given. The Jewish people were in trouble. They were in darkness. They were the people in darkness. And if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, you remember that um, very early God came to the Jewish people or came to the world really and said, I rest my favor on the Jewish people. They are my chosen people. Not because they're the biggest nation, because they're not. Not because they're the richest nation, because they weren't. Not because actually they're the most lovable people on earth, because maybe they're not. But he says, I have chosen them. That's what I do as God. I rest my favor on them. And so he blessed them through the generations. And he led them, if you remember, out of slavery from Egypt. He opened the Red Sea and they marched to freedom. He led them across the desert. He fed them. In the desert when there was nothing there They complained but he still fed them They ran into poisonous snakes And he set up a way where they could look and live He got them right across there Moses went off the scene And Joshua led them across the Jordan River And into the promised land There were signs that their love for God was waning a little If you remember when they came to go into this promised land Quite a bunch of them about three-tenths or three-twelfths of them came and said, uh, we don't think so. We're, we're quite happy here, thanks very much. We'll stay here. And God, in his grace, allowed them. He did not impose them. He did not take them against their, their will. He said, if that's what you want, then you may do that. But they, dwelt with, they dealt with the consequences. And the Bible says later when the enemy came in, those, those ones that had stayed behind were the first to go down. And they go on and it goes on through the rest of the Old Testament. And when we come to this book of Isaiah, the problem has become quite intense. The people have turned against their God and they have walked away from him. <clears throat> king Hezekiah was probably the last king to plead with them and say, No, go back to the God who's blessed you. Do not forget the God of your forefathers. But in the main they did. And after he died, apart from one leader, all the other leaders were not interested in God. And so the nation went down and down. It had been divided into two. And at the time of this writing, the northern territory had been already overtaken by the Assyrians. And so in a sense, they were slaves to another group. Now the Babylonians come along. And they are a mighty group. And they've taken over the Assyrians... And so the people of Judah who we're focusing on in this suddenly realized, "Uh uh-oh, we are in deep trouble. And they realized that they would soon be also taken into the Babylonian uh, empire and they would become slaves. And if we read the scripture, that's what happened. They were taken away, dispossessed of their land, taken away, their temple was desecrated and it was a long generation before they came back. So in the middle of this, He's, um, uh, Isaiah is told to talk to these people And tell them about this God That God has not created this situation You have created it by your disobedience God has not come in judgment upon you But he has allowed you to reap the fruit Or suffer the consequences of your behavior And that's important to remember When we talk about the extravagant grace of God His grace is so unbelievable that He does not impose it on us. He offers it to us. And we will find in this story that when these people go in to their troubled situation, He doesn't come along like some parents do when their children get into trouble and lift them out of it and save them the experience. God allows them to go through the experience and yet he stays with them. And there's some slides up there. Uh, that's the verse. Can we move on to maybe the, uh, the next couple as a sequence there? See what it says to us. Um, I, didn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, didn't do this before I came. I apologize. Keep going, can we, through there and yeah, go on further? The heart of God. Yeah, that, that's it. Hold it there. The heart of God for those he's created Even though they're going to go into captivity He says to Isaiah Tell the people that I will be there to walk with you I'm not taking you out of it But I will walk with you And I will say to those around Comfort, comfort my people says the Lord I want to bring consolation And the next one says That I not only want to bring consolation I bring assurance Because you may wonder if there is a God And I want to say to you there is no God, no other God, and deliverance will come, and then will come redemption, not only in the son that is given, but as he grows to be a man, he will pay the price for you. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. There is a cost for you to be delivered, and I will pay it for you. And then restoration, uh, they will be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of of their God. And I wrote, have those up there. If we could just leave them for a while, because um, that's the story of grace that God has for you and me. There is darkness in their land and God is not coming along and pulling them away from it. He's letting them walk through it, but he will go with them. And so when you and I come to situations when there's darkness, we find that God does not actually relieve us from that difficulty always as we would want. But he walks through us uh, with us. Last week, um, Pastor Mike talked about um, uh, Anna and Simeon, two old people who had finished their days. Uh, with the hope that they had that they would live to see the uh, the promised Messiah come in their ministry days had not been fulfilled. But they never gave up. And Anna, I think it was some eighty years. Can you believe that? Eighty years that she would come to the temple every day because she believed what God had said would come true. And God had said, no, you're not looking for the Messiah in the palace, not in the, uh, in the levels where the um, rich people live. This Messiah will be born in uncertain times and in an uncertain way. In fact, you would say, probably they talked about it, this child that this Mary is born is an illegitimate child. This child has been born, you know, with no home to go to, really no name. This child will be raised in a poor home, and when the parents of this child bring him to the temple, they will not come with the. There there was a range of offerings you could bring, depending on your wealth. They will come with the lowest level because they have no money, and so Simeon and Anna, in their various roles, were faithful to come and watch. And I'm not sure how it would actually happen, but they, they, the doors open maybe and in come a young couple with their child. And they would look at that child and that's not the one. Their hearts didn't beat, the word didn't of God didn't come to them and this went on. Now you and I could do that maybe for a week, could we? Maybe two weeks, some of you. Some of you mothers who have a heart for children would say, I can give a month. This isn't an English camp. This isn't helping with the banquet. This is coming to see and discern if the child Messiah is going to come through here as has been promised. But 80 years, I mean, through that time, they'd seen the temple temple desecrated. They'd seen foreign invaders come and take over their land and everything everything bad that you could imagine had happened. But these two old folks did not give up. In their heart was this... Certainty That God would change the darkness into light And I don't know what it must have been on that day When suddenly through the door came this young couple Mary and Joseph And suddenly they knew And suddenly they saw And Anna's heart would beat And Simeon took this child And he actually said didn't he This is the child And I now can go in peace Because I have seen the promise of God fulfilled And this morning I come to you and say that If there's darkness in your life Then let's take the promise of God That light will come and overtake the darkness And whatever your situation is that God is waiting and ready And I'm not suggesting that he's going to take 80 years to answer it But in this Christmas period we want to look beyond Just seeing the tinsel and the trees Just look beyond even these carols that we've sung which are beautiful I my sup that oh holy night I, I I love that song, fall on your knees. He's born the King. The message though this morning, in this these verses have been taken somewhat out of context. But for those the Israel nation at that time that that's how they saw it, that this God who comes will come to us mightily in redemption at some point, and he did. And now for us, we live. It says. If we are a people who walk in darkness, and I suggest to you that we do in our world. I mean, uh, you pick up the newspaper, you watch the, the news media, and the world is in darkness. If there's one dark spot that seems to be uh, perhaps put out, very soon another one comes. And we see this gathering cloud of darkness in our world. And our hope is in Christ. But darkness comes to us personally personally. Darkness suggests clearly that we can't see In the dark we're uncertain We can't see if you're in the dark You're not sure about who else is beside you Which way should I go? Is there anybody out there? Darkness sometimes means I'm not sure Whether I can even take a step Because will it be solid or slippery When I move? Darkness is something that we do not regularly enjoy Unless our deeds are evil, the Bible says. And so this morning we come to Christmas. And it's great to have the children line up and hats and all these other things. But there's darkness in your heart because of something that you're facing right now. And you wonder if there is something going. Darkness fills the skies over our lives at certain times. Just as it fills the skies over other people all around the world at different times. And we live pretty much. And a time when our world and often ourselves personally are experiencing darkness. Darkness of health, darkness of employment, darkness of family issues, darkness of age and its concerns, darkness of relationships that are broken and somehow can't be put together, darkness of memories that once were fine and now it's not like that anymore. Darkness that comes when the world changes more quickly than we want and in ways that we do not appreciate. And I know that at Christmas time and in times of celebration, the world can go and say, This is a wonderful time. But some of us here this morning know it's not a wonderful time for me. And darkness brings fear. And darkness brings uncertainty where we think we are lost and afraid. If we're people who do not believe uh, in prayer, then darkness would surely bring, bring uh, fear to our lives because uh, there's uncertainty and we don't know of any way that we can go for help. But I uh, say that if we are people who believe in prayer, and most of us are in this room, then probably the prayers we offer most are prayers about relieving the darkness that we feel. Our prayers are not always as glorious and noble as we sometimes pray here in a collective gathering. But in my quiet place, when I pray to God, I ask Him for the things that are on my mind. And usually they would be, often they would be associated with the darkness that I feel. And it's not wrong to do that, but it just does show how darkness of life. We need food for the table, Lord. My children need clothing. My family needs reconciliation. My body or someone I love, their body needs healing. I need to know your presence. I need to have my heart beat as it did when Simeon saw the baby come through the door. I need to know, God, that you are real. My world is dark. Where is this light of which you speak? Well, I say to you, be careful. Because the fear that comes from not being able to see May not be greater than the fear that comes when we do see Because light reveals And sometimes I do not want to be revealed Things that I know are in my life And now may be visible to you It's hard to hide our fears when the lights come on and reveal them and sometimes when our situations come out into the light, we realize it's not someone else's fault, it's our fault. It's the consequence we have because we have not lived the life that we knew we should or we've faltered or fallen at some particular part. And so light illuminates things. Uh, we can't blame the future, we can't blame the government. We see in order for this to become uh, reconciled or rectified it requires me to own it and me to move forward so there can be fear as well as beauty when the presence of god comes i noticed when the angel the um, yes the angel came to the shepherds remember the story there it's in there and uh, there were shepherds abiding out in there in their flocks i come from a land of sheep and um, There's a lot more sheep than people, but we're eating them down, and so we're feeling a little safer now that we could match those sheep if they got a a revolt going. Uh, Eat more sheep, by the way, if it's good for New Zealand, but um, the shepherds are out there, and in the old days, they would stay with their sheep at night. Nowadays, uh, there aren't so many predators, and they're in fenced-off places, but in the Middle East, they would be nomads roaming, and so they would stay there, and the shepherds would sleep alongside, and protect their sheep and um, most nights out in that part of the world would be dark maybe uh, on the rotation of the moon and stars there will be some light but mostly dark mostly quiet mostly nothing happened and now comes this night and uh, the lights come on and suddenly you've got angels singing and choirs and all sorts of racket and you would think the shepherds would say What I say when I look out from here over there right now at night when it gets darkness over on Hong Kong Island there, it's beautiful. There's moving lights on the buildings. There's a Santa Claus here and a bunch of people there. There's presents coming down the building and climbing up again. And you just, wow. And then they have that light show that comes on. And uh, it's pretty good too. And the music plays and the lights come on and we see beauty. But put yourself out in the middle of the night where nothing happens, except maybe a wolf cry in the distance that catches your attention. And suddenly there's an angel, and he comes to you. The first word he says is what? Fear not. (laughs) Which means he recognized they were afraid. This great and glorious event didn't bring immediate joy and satisfaction and rah-rah. It brought fear. Fear. And so the light of the glory of God, as I say, can sometimes just be too much for us. Be careful. But then come back to Bethlehem, and as some of you will have been there, and it's, um, oh, little town, how still we see thee lie. I think today if you went, it's not very still. It's like down there by the, the Bruce Willis um, uh, thing on the on the waterfront. There's crowds of people taking photos. But on that day... Uh, In the darkness of the night, in the middle of nowhere To parents who were really nobody A child was born And if we'd been there in Bethlehem We would uh, presume that whoever delivered the baby Would do what they do when they deliver the baby they slap him on the backside to make him cry Just as they did that to you And you cried And I don't know why, I don't think it was the pain. I think it was the shock of being transferred from one safe place to a place that for the moment is unsafe and unsure. And so he was just like a normal birth, if I can say that. The process was normal. But this birth was very different because when you and I were born, as much as our parents were happy and, and thought their whole world had changed, and it did, their world... His birth resulted in all of heaven breaking loose Of the whole world being changed And I don't think our birth has done that The darkness of that Judean night was shattered by bright light The air was filled with angel wings There was a choir singing in the heavens And we heard those words that were read to us this morning Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace And goodwill to all men Previously unknown kings and wise men showed up from the east with gifts for this child. And it seemed that the prophecy that Isaiah had put there is being fulfilled. Darkness has given way to light. Well, I guess we could assume if we'd been there, it would not have been very different from other nights. The darkness of that night, as I say, is not unusual. If we'd gone outside the hotel and out to where the animals were kept, the smell of hay... Would have been this as the smell of hay is And if we came across the time when the mother was giving birth I guess the, the, the pain cries and the other things that uh, she uttered Would be not uh, especially distinct from the pain, pain of childbirth That uh, all mothers experience And what would be typical uh, for those who are acquainted with those things Nothing too different And that's perhaps what the story's around. It was an ordinary birth, only extraordinary really in the sense that it wasn't in a hospital or a place where births were. The birth process in itself doesn't seem to attract too much attention. In fact, Mark, in his gospel, that was the earliest one written, the gospel of Mark has no mention of it. How can you write a Bible book of Jesus' life and not bring in his birth? Mark doesn't seem to. John doesn't give us too much about it. John tells us about the, the more of the spiritual aspect. It's left to the others to maybe put in the things that happen. And so the, the wise men, the stars and the shepherds and the angels and the choirs have to be brought into perspective as to where they fit. Was that just added so we could have a Sunday school pageant? And children could dress up in their folks' gowns and come in and say the lines and we would think that's sweet and take photos to send to grandma? Is it really significant about all these things? Well, you ask anyone who's technical or a scientist or a non-believer and they would say that's, that's for children and weak people. But the biblical writers put it in because the point is not about the star and the shepherds particularly, only as they point to the birth. The writers are not interested so much in the facts of his birth But the significance of his birth What does his birth mean? Because in a sense, can I say it It matters very little to me Whether there were 10 million angels there Or just Mary and Joseph And it really doesn't matter to me Whether the stars and the choir sang what they sang Or whatever they sang Or if they even showed up The the point for me personally is Who is this child? and what significance has he had on my life because when that child was born the whole world has been changed and the fact remains today they can deny it everywhere they like but in most countries of the world today there are people despite what their government says who have a heart cry to come and to worship a deity it may have some differences in their their point of view we may not agree with it altogether, but in the Deep recesses of every person's heart is the desire, the God-shaped vacuum, as one of them put it. We need to worship. And we see in the coins and calendars and the ways of life that Jesus Christ is the most significant person that has ever been born in our, in our um, world. More than that, since his birth... <coughs> hundreds of thousands, millions of people have come and embraced him to be who he said he was or what was said about him, that he is the son of God. He is the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the one who can bring peace. And so most of us here in this building today, I think would say that we have been embraced by him, caught up in his life, And we have found ourselves transformed in our thinking and in many ways healed in our emotions and spiritual life in deep and personal ways. And so it doesn't become a duty to come here. It becomes a joy and a privilege to come and to sing His praises and to speak His name. The love of God, the Bible says, leaves us no choice. It constrains us to follow Him we might try at times to walk away but there's that pull that magnetic pull and that is the grace of God the statement that light has overcome darkness is not just a statement it's a reality for many of us here today and I hope for all of you by the end of the day that you realize that this is a message for you personally he did not come as a historical event he did not come just as someone for the Jewish people he came for you and for me And that the needs we have can be met, not always in the way that we would like them met, because this is a God of grace. He does not impose himself, He does not dictate, He does not uh, particularly demand that we believe, but He puts Himself out there as a God of extravagant grace. When all the world, all the earth is telling us what to do, and all their world is getting us further into darkness, Jesus comes. And says, I am the light of the world, follow me and you will know life in all its fullness. He doesn't promise that he will take away every fear, he will take away every situation that's dark. But he says, I will walk with you through it so that the light will come into that particular situation. And so in this one child and the man he grew up to be, there is the power of God to bring light into our darkness. His grace is waiting to be given to you this morning. He offers it to you, but He's not a God who comes and pushes it on you. He invites you. I've paid the price. I, I came as I was. The cost of, of release for those Jewish people was that someone would die. The cost for you and me who are born in a sin situation is that we cannot save ourselves. He will pay the price. He will draw us to Him. This is the only truth that matters. And so wise men and trees and shepherds and star have importance only as they direct our life to him. So the big question is then this morning, how can we know that this is true? How can we experience this grace of which we talk about in this church? How can we find for ourselves that this child born so long ago really does have the power to give us a new kind of life through whatever situation we find ourselves a life that's then turned from selfishness and self desires to a life of gratitude. That is the mark. I'm going to speak tonight, and that I will tell you that my experience is the bright light of following Jesus has been people of grace uh, that have shown gratitude in their attitudes and and openness. Who give of themselves rather than grab for themselves, and that's not natural, and particularly not natural in our world. And I would suggest probably not natural in this particular part of the world, where everybody's in a hurry to get, to get, to gain, to go climb climb higher, climb higher. But Jesus says, No, I've gone down lower, so that I can reach you and bring you and lift you up into a place. Out there As I've walked around this week And I have to say I've enjoyed the colour And the decorations and all the things But I find that all of them are telling me That uh, the satisfaction And the peace and the light that I, I need I can find maybe in a gift card For Harbour Harbor Town Or whatever it is, Festival Walk The bright lights and the decorated trees come Say come in, come in Come into my mall And uh, we go in there and it says Look, 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 Italian handbags And other great stores that will attract you I went to one mall about three weeks ago It wasn't even Christmas yet And uh, there was a line waiting to get into a store And uh, that store interestingly has a name That is synonymous with the fruit that Adam and Eve were first tempted with (laughs) And and there they were And uh, let me just say I look around and some of you were there and that was saying, Come on in, come on in, line up for three days. This is the answer to your situation. And I've seen people who came out with big, shining white parcels and they've gone out with happy and their friends gather around them. They've found it, they've found the answer. How did you get this? Let me see it, let me go home with you and work with it. That was three weeks ago. Now I hear that, oh, it it's very good, but I hear there's a better one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Just a play on words here But it comes from soul And it feeds the other soul And so maybe our brand isn't as good as their brand And so we find And you're honest That all these things are good These little white machines are very good But they're not the answer to life They're not the ones that will bring you light These are not the ones that will give you a grateful heart They'll, they'll help you facilitate what it is you do But the day will come and it seems to come more quickly than it used to that there's a better and a newer product for you the carol we sing at this time tells me the only way that I can know if this God is real Uh, the word is adeste fidelis but in English it's come all you faithful come you faithful this morning and I want to say to you Come, all of you who would like to be faithful if you could. Come, all of you who walk in darkness this morning and who long for light in a situation. Come, who are worn down by the judgment and resentment of life that has come, rejection of life, and would like to experience acceptance and love and grace. Come. Have faith enough, have hope enough. At least to come close and see for yourselves. Ask him. He said, ask me and I will give you. Seek me and you'll find me. Pray to me and I will answer you. He says to follow him as you walk in darkness. will continue with his presence rather than you running away from your darkness. Give up your own efforts and let me take on... The the efforts of your life, he does indicate that following him will likely endure, likely involve some sort of cross, some sort of pain and loss at times, because it's a life of submission to him. But he promises that beyond that, you will find peace more than you understand right now, light more than you've seen in a while. Come and see. We sang it before. Come, and behold him born, the King of Angels. Come to Bethlehem and see the birth the angels sing about. Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Speak to him. I don't know how to speak to him. Then wait in silence and allow him to speak to you. But draw close. Come and find for yourself. Descend on me, I pray, is a song we sing this time. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. O come to us and abide with us, O Lord Emmanuel. In whatever way seems right for you this morning, don't go away without first coming to him in some form and saying, show me yourself. It's dark. Reveal yourself in some way that lets me believe like these other people, that you are the Christ, the Lord. And then you will say with all of us, Another verse that's found in Isaiah, The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Darkness, overcome by the light of His presence. Grace poured out on my life. Not through packages wrapped with beautiful colors, but through God's love. God, the Bible says, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts to give us light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God as seen in Jesus Christ. This baby that is born is the Christ. He is God among us. He is the Savior. Come, come and see him this morning. Taste his grace and share his grace with others on this time. Let's pray together. Father, Thank you for your grace and love. Thank you for the mercy that's been poured out upon us. The fact we can uh, sit here in this church building and know that we are free, know that we are in the light. But more than that, have the privilege in this country to worship freely together and declare our praises to you. Thank you for the Christmas carols that are playing in the stores that speak of the baby that's born. I just pray that you'd use those words to reach out to some. And I pray that this morning, those of us who feel ourselves in the darkness would come. Come and see. Come and learn. Come and know that you are the Savior, the one who's all we need this day and every day of our life. This is our prayer in Jesus' name this morning. Amen.